Okay, welcome to the fourth podcast ever for Backroads Homesteading. Thank you for joining us. Please like, share, subscribe, give a thumbs up, download, add to a playlist on one of the numerous streaming platforms that this podcast is listed on. My name's Ryan, and I am very happy that you're here listening. First off, news on the homestead. Let's go with what is happening. So we're coming into March 2024, and it's been unseasonably warm in the last few weeks of February. We were having tremendous cold, sub-zero, below-zero wind chills, and everything was fairly normal down here in the Ozark Mountains. And then suddenly we had a shift in the jet stream. Uh, El Nino is turning to El Nino, which is directly affecting our weather patterns right now. And we are seeing a press of the jet stream going north. So we are getting a lot more of the Gulf moisture and heat. Oh, it's definitely been uh, nerve wracking. We are seeing this week, which will be, I think, the first week of March, we are no joke going to see 81 degrees this week. And while that's great for people who are ready to get out and enjoy spring and summer, we have a really dangerous situation unfolding with the fruit trees budding and the blueberries budding before we have the danger of frost being gone. So if the if the trees and the berries bloom and then we get a hard frost or a freeze, the entire crop for the year is decimated for most of those plants. And it could stress the plant out enough to actually make it to where that plant cannot, uh, it'll die. Uh, it'll, it'll shock it to the point where it won't survive. So for us growers, the danger right now in February, beginning of March, is very real. And it's going to just, you know, we got some ways to cover plants and we got mulch coming in. But, you know... If we get 20 mile an hour winds with a sub-zero wind chill again, which is very possible, we will be seeing, as well as a lot of the nation, will be seeing a devastating start to spring. So we'll have to pray that that doesn't happen. Link and I are heading out to Springfield to pick up some wonderful pineapples. So we're making the trip today. We have a really large order for a customer in our area doing a big special show for kids and we did it last year for the summer and it was uh very popular our freeze-dried foods were um very sought after so we're trying to do everything we can to get enough stock to make that week-long sale something where we can get healthy organic freeze-dried produce in the hands of as many people as possible we do have the candies and such but we're trying to kind of change direction, change focus away from microgreens and candies and the, you know, things like that and really produce our own organic produce and high quality meats and have it where we'll be able to offer that on top of, you know, microgreens and candies and that stuff. But it, it really is, you know, when you look at what's happening with, let's just say, you know, school sports. When you go to get a beverage from the benefit, um, you know, concession stand, that's usually how the 
band team, the bands uh, raise money. Down here, almost all of the schools, actually all the schools, offer very sugary snacks. They offer loaded uh, carbs and sugars, you know, sugary sodas and Gatorades and that kind of stuff with very little or no, no sugar, low sugar options. No, f very, I don't know if there is any fruits at any of the games. Um, and it's, it's really, you know, something we're trying to address to try and help the community and to provide options um, and, a, you know, at a, a competitive price to help, you know, the fundraising efforts of the schools while also giving healthy, you know, sweet snacks that taste like candy but are really, you know, organic pineapple and banana and apples and just a plethora of different berries. Uh, so again, it, you know, the kids taste it and it tastes like candy them, but the fiber is all there. It's all natural sugars. You know, all of your other health benefits with those foods are there. So hopefully that's something we can do and, you know, work through to help that part of the community. We'll be signing our first, uh, well, this will be our second retail location uh, this week. So we have uh, a few different businesses carrying our products. Uh, we do have Colodal Silver on top of what we have for food. And then one of the businesses is asking us to get into tinctures. So we're, you know, we have quite a few medicinal herbs and that kind of stuff for our own personal uh, use. And we make salves and creams and, you know, castor oil-based things. Uh, so it wouldn't be totally out of the realm to start making tinctures with some of the things that we have and then grow things based on what the demand is, is requesting. So was looking at a whole bunch of different ways to do this uh, over the last week. Definitely doable. Um, making sure I'm going to check the legalities of what's needed for that. I don't think we'll be in any issues. We'll steer, steer clear from stuff that might be a red flag. And um, yeah, just you know, continue to grow the income streams to support the homestead and live a natural life. So... A lot of good things happening on that front. We did get a response from one of the local coin shops in town. They are going to carry goldbacks, and so they're going to be ordering hundreds of goldbacks. We have a bunch of local farmers here ordering a bunch of goldbacks, uh, including ourselves. So we should be ready for spring farmers markets and having a lot of options to pay with gold and silver as opposed to the fiat currency. Uh, so as the dollar continues to be unstable, it's some, you know, the goldbacks are going to allow us to transact and the goldbacks are really nice because they're a smaller denomination. They're a micro fractional uh, 24 karat gold. Like one gold back is one one thousandth of a troy ounce. And it's put in a bill form through a vacuum technology that gives it exactly one one thousandth of a troy ounce. You melt it down and it'll weigh out perfectly. And that's been collaborated on by multiple independent tests as well as the uh, Valerium or Valome, um, the company that produces these goldbacks. And just a fantastic technology that will help us as farmers and homesteaders meet the needs of our customer base. Um, and it's a small enough fraction that people can buy it, you know, without spending thousands of dollars because most people right now don't have 
thousands of extra dollars as the economy uh, is doing what it's doing and inflation's doing what it's doing. So I have been, uh, we got our neighborhood together this week and we talked about radio communication. And this was the week where AT&T had their huge blackout. And so it was, it was funny. We had our radio meeting and then a couple days later, you know, tens of thousands or more, they say it was like 70,000 people. I think it was way more than that, but they had their big outage and, you know, they're blaming it on a software glitch, not a cyber attack. And yeah. Okay. Sure. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Not an attack. Sure. Whatever the mainstream media says is probably wrong, but. Regardless of all that propaganda, the fact remains that we've been promoting using off-grid communications for a number of years. And back when we started our first little patriot group and church group, uh, we saw the need to do a trade and barter system and then expanding that to other church groups and patriot groups, freedom groups, whatever you want to call them, and have a way to do all that stuff and trade the barter system was you know something everybody was sought seeking and after a few years of doing it what we realized was the trade system breaks down the barter system breaks down because you have unequal trade the farmers that are growing meat are not being adequately um, compensated with people who aren't growing meat so you can only have so many quilts and so many turnips and carrots and lettuce, the meat farmer is going to eventually get shafted in those transactions. And that's just what we saw. So the, the, the barter systems worked for a little bit. And then the people who are doing all the work with the, with the meat realize, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not getting the value of my meat um, in, in relation to you know, all this other stuff. It takes so much more other product to make up that uh, to make that trade fair, and eventually the the, the farmer is either just not going to get they're going to keep taking a loss, or they'll have so much stuff they don't need any more stuff. And so the goldbacks really alleviated that issue and keep you know it keeps the high dollar farmer growing the more valuable product, the meats in in play. Although, you know, because if the goldbacks aren't there, the meat farmer eventually stops showing up and they're not trading anymore. And then people get upset and they don't understand why. And then the farmer who's trying to do, you know, the high end stuff ends up getting scorned within the community unfairly. And that's, again, the goldback fixes that situation, you know. So we're hoping to see a lot more adaption to goldbacks in our community. We started our own little Facebook group for Arkansas. I was, you know, trying to get it set as a legal specie uh, through the Legal Tender Act that Arkansas just passed in last year, validating that gold and silver are currency, not commodity, can't tax it, blah, blah, blah. And then right in that law, there is a uh, specification that you can get a specie approved. So I was trying to get goldbacks on the books as an approved specie so that way we can transact with the state with goldbacks. I think we can anyway. But if it's on the books, it makes it easier because they define it. So uh, I have been rattling cages and haven't made much progress. You know, the law says you got the court system will approve it. Okay, well, you call the court system. They have no idea what you're talking about. And they're like, call the 
district attorney. Okay, I call that or the uh, I forget who I had to call. Then they sent me to the Supreme Court, and then the Supreme Court sent me back to the regular court and the lawmakers that wrote the law. And nobody knows what's going on. It's such a it's it's such a undetailed law. I think it's Bill 592, Arkansas's Legal Tender Act. You can look it up. It's two pages. It's beautifully written, but there's not enough context, so nobody knows what to do. So we'll keep trying to work on that and um, see if we can't get that. But it's you know it's not really as high a priority because gold and silver are constitutional money anyway. So we'll just you know go that route and just keep moving. So um, one of our other friends got gold backs to be taken to this week as well. So we're we're expanding the network. All of our freeze-dried produce is going to have the gold-backed stuff on it. It's going to say gold back and as well as U.S. dollars. So whether anybody uses gold backs is irrelevant. It's to get the word out. It's kind of part of the marketing of trying to get gold backs. And the guy, the coin shop, because I made these little postcards, you know, explaining to the businesses, and I've been giving away hundreds of dollars worth of gold backs, trying to get it out into the community and get people talking. And... The guy's like, okay, so you're a broker then? I'm like, no, um, I'm just a farmer trying to use this currency because I see it as one of the only viable options when stuff goes bad with the dollar. And he's like, oh, okay, so I don't work for you then? I'm like, no, work directly with Goldback, set up your coin shop, you know, set up a wholesale account with them. Um, you know, we might do that between the farmers, but I really want the brick and mortar coin, coin shops to be the point of purchase uh, for, for the exchange because they're that's what they deal with. You know, that's how they, they deal with gold and silver. And they would have more options for, you know, silver, especially uh, as we as we look at the different types of coins, whereas us farmers only have gold bags. So we want to spread the spread the wealth around a little bit and spread out the ability for others to be part of this program, because it's going to take all of us together. If the banks close the next day, you know, and the gold bags are the only thing that is a viable trade option, well, you you need tens of thousands of goldbacks in an area to even have that even worth considering. And we saw that happen in 2020 when the goldbacks were all gobbled up. Everybody bought them up when all the closures were happening and everything was happening. The goldbacks were in super high demand. And I think one goldback right now was trading at the time of this recording was trading at like $4.26. They were selling them on eBay for like, $35 a gold back. So, I mean, their value is because the utility is so high on these gold backs. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's not something you would stack. I'm not a financial advisor and this isn't financial advice, but it is definitely a, a vehicle to transfer wealth on a smaller scale, which has always been lacking with gold and silver. So it fixed, it, it meets that need. So we're, we're looking forward to doing that more in the future. And we'll keep showing our progress and talking about our progress as we go forward. If you want to get into Goldbacks, go to goldback.com. Look up the vendors online. Uh, we do have a code for Defy the Grid. And uh, we use that code to give away Goldbacks during episodes. So definitely something to consider uh, using that code. Uh, they will also beat anybody's price, defythegrid.com. So find the best price. And the best prices are usually of like 100 packs. So you go find the best price. Usually it's like Finest Known or one of the bullion stores and then call up Defy the Grid, give them the coupon code and which we'll link in the description below. 
and then you'll get the best price plus the discount plus you're helping support the show and do giveaways so best of all worlds and defy the grid those people are homesteaders it's a husband and wife team super nice people you can talk to them on the phone they're very versed in all gold and silver matters and you know they're doing their thing they're homesteading and a lot of i think they're either completely off-grid or somewhat off-grid obviously you can order online so they're not completely off-grid i don't know does that really count if your internet i don't know but anyway good good stuff that pretty much covers our gold back topic for today we beat that one to death looking at the hookup we got for let's talk about mulch and working with tree harvesting and cutting services to get mulch for free and delivered for free this happened with us this week so our neighborhood uh one of our neighbors reached out to one of the tree companies saying hey could you deliver mulch and they said oh yeah absolutely and so he got a bunch of mulch and then he's like uh do you need any mulch i'm like yes sir and they were like he had a mountain of mulch so this tree cutting service i think it was being contracted by the power companies uh they're out of virginia and they're doing you know tree cutting services along the power lines and they're contracted throughout the whole year and they pro they they pump out a lot of you know tree mulch and logs and stumps so i got our first few deliveries this week and for the most part it's been really high quality mulch and there has been some debris in it so like the mulch the, the workers who are processing the mulch will like throw in their water bottles at the end and they'll put their food containers from like lunch in there. So that sucks, but you can pretty much find that stuff real easy. So we we got the, in fact, I think that was one of the trucks right there. Um, I just passed them. We're on our way to get pineapples right now, Link and I are, and um, on a road that probably could use some mulching for sure, tree cutting. But anyway, the mulch has been cedar so far. It's been really good, high quality cedar. I haven't found any rust or anything on the bark or nothing, and it is beautiful. It's nice, deep red tones and smells just amazing. As most of you know, cedar uh, does a good job of keeping pests away. Uh, I'm a little hesitant to put it around my cedar trees because if there is any disease, it can transfer from those trees to this. So uh, that's something to watch out for, but the benefit is definitely worth the risk. We put the mulch on top of the raised rows for the blueberries. We surrounded the orchard. We did our uh, front trees where we're going to have the uh, campsites. Just an amazing gift from God, you know, hooking us up with what we're going to need. We're going to amend the soil with it. We're putting it on top of our raised beds. Uh, we're going to work it in. So some of the chips are bigger. Some of them are smaller. And the smaller ones I'm going to actually till into some of the uh, the crop beds as we're getting them prepared and amending those soils. We have a very clay base and we need to prevent compaction by putting some organic media into the bed. So we're going to make that happen and see where it goes. I think we're going to be able to take a year's worth of mulch and our neighbor's going to get some after, like we're all able to take this mulch. And if we get to the point where we're all using it and it's all done what we needed to do uh, we'll use it as a base to start producing soil uh, for not only for ourselves but for others so um, yeah the neighbors got some cows and we're trying to source uh, manure from rabbits and chickens and turkeys 
There's a lot of turkey farms around our area. So trying to get enough greens to mix with the browns. We got browns covered with the wood chips and mulch and leaf debris, but we need more greens. So we're trying to solve that. But we need, in our area, in Arkansas, it's very difficult to find good soil. And to make good soil is something that we're passionate about because we want to be able to help others grow food as well. The more sustainable the community is, the less chance we have an issue when supply lines fail. So it's really not about, you know, I mean, it, you want to create a business with it, of course, but you really got to try and help others, which is more so what we're trying to do is help others grow food and convince them to have gardens this year and just try and to be, you know, try to be part of this network. Um, let's see. This last week, we went to our first berry seminar. So like the Extension in Arkansas provided a workshop on care and maintenance of berries. So we talked about all the blueberries, raspberries, uh, blackberries, you know, the things that Arkansas is famous for and, you know, how to mitigate disease, how to properly prune, when to prune. Uh, soil amendments, top coverings, uh, just a ton of different information. It was a super good class. We ended up having to leave a little early because it got rained out, but one of the berry farms hosted it, and the uh, one of the doctors from the uh, University of Arkansas came in, and she really knew her stuff. It was just a delight, and the class was super full, and people were asking the right questions. You know, they were, you could tell a lot of them had blueberries or raspberries, or blackberries and they were asking questions like why why did this fail why did this die how do i get better yields and it was very proactive a lot of interaction between the people in that class and i really look forward to doing more of those classes um, this week we're going to be doing one on cheese making going to that uh, the week after uh, doing one on sourdough starts and i think there's one more that i signed up for but i can't remember but they got a host of those. Going to be uh, doing more stuff with the extension with the university as I can. Got to put in our water tests yet for uh, the University of Fayetteville. Does a very extensive water quality test. Uh, we're going to be testing for not only drinking water, but heavy metals, bacterial, um, just a bunch of different things. So we want to make sure the well is good. And I did measure the well last week as well. And I had to grab one of my rods from Lake Michigan, my one of my Lake Michigan rods, because I did not have enough string on my musky rod to even get down where I needed to, or any of my you know little fishing poles here for the lakes around here, you know, need big spools. And I found water at about 150 feet, maybe a little shallower than that. And then the sinker was still sinking at 450 feet. Uh, but it was going really slow, so we I knew it was in the it was in the muck. But the water quality here is really good, unfiltered. It doesn't have a high iron taste. I mean, there's some sediment in it, but it's very minimal. Uh, we are really blessed to have a well that that that's that deep. And we've run the well pump last year when we were doing a lot of just even just the comfrey and just starting the blueberries. I was running that pump probably all day. Um, and it would just, it would handle it. You know, there's so much, there's so much um, distance in the water table between 150 and 450 feet 
I don't even know where the well is in that. I'm going to guess it's probably somewhere in the middle or 200 feet or something. But to know that we have quite a bit more underneath, I think this property was one of the last wells dug and it was one of the deepest is what the last, our previous owner said. I asked about it. So we're going to get that tested. We did buy the gutters this week or yesterday uh, to start our rain water collection. And we do have a 2,500 gallon tank to start with and an external pressure pump so we can get adequate pressure throughout the entire five acres. So we're gonna bury those lines in, put the gutters on. We'll do a whole video series on that. Uh, I don't know a lot about that, but uh, one of the neighbors was a landscaper and did a lot of irrigation. So he's gonna come over this week and just, we're gonna compare notes and I wanna make sure that what I'm doing is what he would do uh, for you know a fairly large watering setup. But I wanna be able to run water uh, you know, probably going to need a pump until we can build the platform. It's going to, you know, to get a tank of that size up in the air, I have to do the calculations and figure out how high it has to be. Eventually, we're going to probably have to put water in the air just to make that happen. But um, maybe not. I don't know yet. But we're going to try to make it so that it has enough pressure where we don't have to run the pump because we're doing all drip lines. We're going to do water as efficiently as possible. And again, we're putting all the mulch down. We're trying to utilize that clay soil to the best of its ability for water retention. The property still drains very well, so there's no standing water. Uh, did the bucket water test in a number of different places so far, and it does drain. So we just, yeah, water is going to be a big deal. I, I wake up in the morning. I wake up in cold sweats at night thinking if I can't, if our watering system fails, the crops are gone because Arkansas heat, I mean, if it's 81 degrees in the beginning of February, huh, whoa, imagine what summer is going to bring you this year. If it, if we got an El Nino, we could be in for some hot and humid stuff. So got to try to prepare for it. Although the Almanac really doesn't say it's going to be too much hotter. In fact, we might be out a little bit cooler. It's going to be a little further west that it's going to be more warm. But who knows? Point is, water videos are coming. If you haven't subscribed to our youtube rumble or twitter channels please do so uh, that's where you'll find a lot of that information there's going to be more in-depth blogs and vlogs so go to backroadshomesteading.com and jump in sign up for the free uh, newsletter and yeah you can read what we're doing right there I should probably write a blog post this week i've kind of been really concentrating on getting the food ready for this big sale so there's a lot of irons in the fire and you got to kind of put out the hottest ones. Um, so it's, it's never the same each week. There's some repetition going, but we are starting a ton of seeds. This, uh, we've been starting a ton of seeds. We got corn and wheatgrass started this week. We got the watermelons doing really well. The squash is doing really well. Beans, peas, tomatoes. Um, boy, what do we, we got broccoli, cauliflower, I got to start the beets. We just bought a bunch of onions. We got we bought a bunch of different potatoes. We did really well on potatoes in the last garden. Uh, I would like to try sweet potatoes this year. Uh, still doing research on that. I want to get some tea tea leaf uh, bushes, some Russians. Uh, so sokai sokai I think is what it is. Um, it would work really good in zone seven where we're at, and it's more of a waxy leaf. It's more tolerant to a lot of things. 
and that's a cop, and I'm doing way more than I should be, and I think I'm going to pull over. Crap. <laughs> Dang it. Oh, no, it wasn't a cop. Oh, thank goodness. Somebody had just pulled over, and we're, like, checking their maps, I think. Whew. All right. I'm going to put the cruise control on. That's ridiculous. Wow. Whew. Blood pressure went through the roof there. <sighs> Breathe. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, lost my whole train of thought there. I was moving, and that did look like a cop. Oh, I think they were checking the map. They had to be. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, lots of different things going on. Um, I think we'll finish this podcast with uh, last week we went, or two weeks ago, we met with two different homesteading groups. Um, both of them are just getting started. One of them is more like Freedom Cell-related kind of stuff, and one of them really more homesteading, self-sufficiency kind of stuff. Both have a very unique flavor to them. Um, the homesteading group is very, very much larger. And uh, I invited the folks from the other group to this group. I'll be doing a presentation on goldbacks in this group uh, this weekend. I think it's this weekend. I don't know. Might be next weekend. But I'll be doing a presentation. And uh, the other group is like, okay, what do we want to concentrate on? And we're talking about state nationalism and constitutional rights and learning the law and the history of the United States, of America, how that's different from the United States, how that's different from the states. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's a lot. There's a lot more to it than what most people realize. And um, my wife and I have been on this journey for better part of six weeks, eight weeks, maybe 10 weeks now. We went through about 20 hours worth of lectures so far and learning the laws, case law, what our constitutional rights are, how money really works, because it's way different than you think. And you start looking at stuff like your mortgage and, you know, your deeds and all this stuff. And it's like, holy man, I was not aware of that, of how this actually works and how these securities work. There's just so much more to this stuff. So we'll report on that as we go through, but we haven't really done anything with it yet. We're just trying to learn and see if that's going to be the way we want to go. And I think it, I think it is. We have more rights and more freedom as as nationals. So not too many drawbacks. And then you get your, you know, five star passports and stuff. And it's just it's different. It's different. But there's other things you got to know, and you got to like break free from the indoctrination that you've been taught your whole life. And that's a struggle. That's tough because this stuff makes you upset because you've been lying to your whole life. And you just gotta take it with a grain of salt. Step back, work out, clear your mind, pray to God, and then start at it again. And just Take it a layer at a time. But the homesteading meeting uh, has been really positive. They're doing like free chicken giveaways. And like this whole community is just really trying to help each other out. And if we can be part of that network and grow that network and support that network in any way we can, you know, I'm all for it. So you're only self-sufficient if you have community. And most people don't realize that. 100% off-grid means you have a community that is either partially off-grid, all off-grid, or not off-grid. You have to rely on others. And there's not enough people talking about that. So we're gonna be we're gonna be diving into those topics pretty deeply as we go forward. That wraps it up for this podcast. Uh, we've been I've been jabber John here for well 39 minutes. That's a pretty decent podcast. We'll edit that down. I try and take out all the ums and that kind of stuff to save you guys some time but if you liked what you're hearing 
please find this episode on our website under the podcast section. You actually have to click into the episode and you can download this MP3. You can make a comment. I think we're going to do the giveaways with the gold bags and other stuff that we have because we do reviews. <clears throat> we're affiliate reviewers and we do reviews for, for businesses. And if they give us stuff, we want to we want to offer those products uh, back to our listeners and our family here on the Backroads. So the people who get engaged support us by liking and sharing and commenting, commenting things like the golden goose of everything we're trying to do. If you support us with the comments, that is, I think we're going to do a lot of the giveaways by that kind of stuff. So feel free to uh, let us know your thoughts and how we can improve. We do have the ability to do, I've been looking at like multi-cam live streaming and bringing in special guests. I don't want to be the only one talking. I think podcasts are much better when you have back and forth between a few different talents. And on our video series, we're going to also be visiting other other backroad farms. Uh, backroad Homestead, the Backroads Homesteading Movement is, you know, one we invite other homesteads to be part of and we would even offer some kind of you know something It'd be like hey you're you're part of the backroads there's going to be some kind of gamification or we'll put a classification system together or something to just kind of encourage people to keep going keep striving keep doing and recognize people for their efforts <clears throat> i don't think there's enough of that when people take all the time to learn what they need to learn and do it out on the land, <clears throat> we want to highlight those people. We want to acknowledge their hard work and dedication to being a homesteader, to being part of a community, to being self-sufficient, to being off-grid or on-grid or whatever. The more sustainable you are, the better the community is. I mean, that's biblically true throughout time. So we want to encourage that. Okay, we'll dive into more of this stuff later. Like, share, subscribe, download this podcast from your favorite podcast provider, my name is Ryan with Backroads Homesteading. We hope to hear you and see you out there on the interwebs. Okay, see you later. Thanks for listening. God bless.